are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? You know, I'm uh, I'm well. I'm well. I don't think that's probably a shock to any listener who has heard me respond to that question in the exact same way every episode that we record it. You know, I listen to the radio every once in a while, and they do the exact same thing, so I think it's all right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I always remembered um, I could tune into um, uh, News Radio 88, which was uh, the 880 AM station out of uh, Manhattan uh, on the on crisp winter evenings in uh, eastern Canada. You could uh, get that uh, uh, signal on on the radio, and uh, which means you could listen to Yankees games among other things, uh, which was kind of cool. And uh, but they would always like traffic and weather together on the eights. It's News Radio eighty eight, and it was like the same thing all the time, every eight minutes or whatever, or every ten minutes. But it was pretty awesome. Like it didn't kind of tire of it. So hopefully, um, our little early banter in these shows has the same <laughs> grace extended, as it were. Well, we'll have to we'll have to just assume it does and uh, and go with that. So. <laughs> there you go. But I, I am looking forward to our discussion today. Um, it's a topic we've uh, you know it's near and dear to our hearts, and certainly to that of our listeners and our, our clients and and others we speak with in the manufacturing industry. Um, trade shows, and you know, kind of given where we are in the in the world today, uh, recording this in uh, in early spring, twenty twenty. Yeah, it, look, I mean, every uh, it's it, it's a thought on every uh, manufacturing marketer's mind is what are we doing now? What's our strategy? How does it how does it pivot as a result of uh, the reality that trade shows aren't likely to be the same as they were for at least a, a little while? So I think today's guest is going to really help us dive into that. Yeah, for sure. So joining us today is Jim Cermak. Jim is the uh, host of the Trade Show University podcast, and we're really glad to have you on the cooler ring today. Welcome, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. And it's always a good time when I get to talk about trade shows. So I <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Man, if you have a podcast called Trade Show University, one assumes talking about trade shows is yeah, right in the sweet spot. Almost like, I wonder, Jim, I mean, does this make you a boring party guest? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I, I get I get a little more excited about talking about trade shows than probably ninety nine percent of people out there. Uh, so I I just have always been enamored with trade shows, with the possibility of trade shows, with their potential for any exhibitor as well as any uh, attendee to just gather more information in one time than. Uh, than any other possible uh, marketing tool. Um, so I, I just, I get excited about it. And when I see that people don't get excited or don't use it to its fullest, I, I, I try to help them out. And that's why, that's where the podcast came from is really help people make the most of their, their investment going into these shows. Very, very cool. And, um, and I think that is worthwhile. I mean, there are um, a number of uh, marketers that we've spoken with that, uh, will disclose that 70 80 percent of the marketing budget is dedicated to a trade show presence in some way shape or form and uh, that's not an insignificant spend and uh, I think they need all the help they can get in terms of getting the ROI um, lifted on those uh, initiatives but now uh, I guess the obvious thing is that they're no longer happening at least trade shows in their traditional format 
uh, for the foreseeable future, Jim. I mean, what are you seeing out there? What's the um, what's the the shift that's underway, and how are your clients or people that you interface with adapting to this? Yeah, it's a it's a weird world right now. It's uh, when when this uh, all started and. Little by little, shows were canceling and postponing, and then all of a sudden, within a week, it seemed like every trade show, every event, every conference around the globe just postponed, uh, or they canceled altogether. And uh, so it, it left people, uh, a lot of companies, a lot of manufacturing companies, a big part of my background is manufacturing, and a lot of manufacturing companies just going, uh, what do we do? What do we do? And it, and it really depends. Some some companies are just saying, "Well, we're going to when whenever that show shows up again, we'll we'll go to it." And then I was talking with a uh, with a manufacturer yesterday, and they said we canceled all shows for the rest of the year. We're just not going. We're just not going. We're going to use that money in other ways. Uh, and so every every company that is typically an exhibitor is going to approach this a little bit differently. What we're seeing in the typical springtime is usually a heavy trade show time of year, this uh, March, April, May time frame. And then there's a couple sprinkled in in June, July, August, and then September, it really ramps up again in a lot of industries. So September, October, November, um, you know, leading up to the holidays and then it trails off again. So what we're seeing is all the, all the shows that were in the spring, are postponing to the fall. So we are going to, if this all shakes out, everything relaxes, we can get back to some sort of new normal where people can actually travel and go to these shows again. You're going to see way more shows in the fall than we've ever seen before. And now companies are going to have to make some choices because these are going to overlap. They were maybe go, planning to go into a show in in uh, the spring and another one in the fall and they don't have the budget to go to two at the same time or don't have the staffing they might be overlapping each other so there's going to be a it's going to be very interesting as we pull out of this there's so many unknowns right now and the first thing is just timing as to when the restrictions are going to start being lifted then we will start to see uh start to see the show organizers really put some things in place uh and how they're going to morph but right now the the shows that are in the future they're going Right now, they look just like they always have on paper. Uh, but how it's going to end up, we're really not sure. And I think it's really interesting, too, to to consider, you know, you said, you know, when the show comes up again, we're going to go to it. But it's not going to be like even if restrictions are lifted and people are able to travel more um, safely and, and congregate potentially uh, further apart, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I guess, what what do you think they're going to need to consider about how they change the way they think about their booth and think about the staff they send and, and all of those things? Do you think that there's uh, any planning going on inside a lot of these uh, people who traditionally exhibit at trade shows? As far as the actual trade show itself, when that when that show happens somewhere in the future and they physically go to set up their booth, I think companies are just still kind of sitting back and waiting. Um, 
it's I think it's too early for them to say, you know what, I'm going to invest in a new style of booth or a new display or something like that. I think it's because they don't know what it's going to look like. There may be restrictions where every booth is an island booth <laughs> where there you're not right next to another booth. There's not, you know, four or five, six, 10 by 10 booths right next to each other. Maybe it is you will have an aisle on all sides and it's going to look more spread out. Uh, that might be one option. Another thing might might be that uh, they are going to uh, split it up into several small rooms uh, instead of one big room. I, I We just don't know yet. It's just it's too early to see what the restrictions are going to be in place by these show organizers. So companies, I think, right now are just kind of holding on to their wallet and, be, and, and, and not making any big changes yet because we're, there's just so, un, there's so many unknowns as to how this thing is going to shake out. Man, I got to say, I did not think we were going to, um, uh, maybe what, eight minutes into our conversation, uh, be talking about the potential challenge that marketers could face in having too many trade shows stacked on top of each other. <laughs> um, uh, it's just, uh, it, and I contrast it with a, I was in a conversation earlier this week um, with a, a, a gentleman who owns a, a trading company, uh, and he said, look, as he, as he came into 2020, uh, there was no year um, in his history that was as dependent on travel, international travel, in-person uh, training sessions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they've made the, the, the shift uh, to actually cancel everything that's scheduled to be in person until the end of 2021. Wow. 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 Just to say like we're that's how that's how we need to change our business. Now, of course, he's not he's you know, it's a smaller, more nimble business. They he's saying, Look, I need to get into this new reality that I need to be able to deliver my training virtually and and, and build my business so that I can uh, sustain uh, out to the end of 2021. Uh, so he, he's seeing, I think, is more of a, a, just a, take the hard dose of reality now, and then if it, if something changes, then that's cool. Um, but it, it seems to me that if you're a marketer out there and you're reserving budget, thinking uh, trade shows are returning to normal this fall, Maybe it's the Canadian in me because I know that there are a few differences uh, on the different sides of the border about this. But uh, man, I, that just feels like fantasy to me. You're right. I I I I, I am with you. <laughs> I'm with you, and I love shows, and I want them to come back in a big way. But uh, if you are depending, say you had a show in the spring, and or, you were supposed to be at a show right now this week and you are not there and that got put off to the fall don't wait to the fall and i'm sure you guys can back me up on this get aggressive with your marketing now because guess what you know these shows are equally important and sometimes even more important for the attendees coming to these shows there, there's a reason they come to these shows it's because it's so efficient it is so efficient if they are shopping for a specific product or a specific service, and that is the area that you're in. That's the industry you're in. The reason people like coming to these shows is that they can see you and they can see all your competitors in one room at one time, and they can stack you up side by side. They could ask you all the same questions. They could look and look at your products, look at uh, attend demos side by side by side. And there's going to be people and companies that they've never heard of before brand new startups, innovative companies that 
are not on their radar that without a, without a trade show, they'll never see. So it's so important for, on both ends. So you need to get aggressive with your marketing now. Take some of that money that you may have spent uh, maybe on travel. If you've already had money uh, uh, that's been uh, deposited for a show and they're moving it to later in the year and that money is sunk, leave it there. Don't pull it out. Just leave it there. But take the money you would have spent on travel and on hotels and all that good stuff to be there at the show and start getting in front of your target audience. Uh, just be aggressive. That's that, that would be my, my tip. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I love this notion of the shows being equally important to buyers as they are to sellers. How how much do you think people who are traditionally going to trade shows to exhibit and sell are thinking about the people who are coming to them in that way? Are they considering what their kind of buyer's behavior and buyer's journey is and the multiplicity of, uh, of vendors that they can meet with as they're planning how they're going to go to market at a trade show generally? You know, that's an excellent question. And I don't want to slam too many, <laughs> too many people out there, but I, I, for the most part, I don't think they think that deeply. I don't think they're really thinking about their customer and where they are in the journey. I think for most companies, and and this again, if this is not you, then great. But for most companies, they show up, they put on their best smile, they've got their products and services, and they wait for people to come to them. And that is, it's uh, it's the, if you build it, they will come. And that that just doesn't happen. It shows, uh, even for the best companies, people are not going to come up to you, especially if they've never heard of you before. They don't know what you have to offer. You just standing there uh, is not going to draw them in. So I don't think that people, I don't think that companies do enough. And that's an excellent point. They don't do enough to really understand where they are in their journey, where they are in the buying process. What is the landscape of, of the, the competitive landscape within the business? Do you have an opportunity because uh, someone dropped out of the out of the market or uh, you have a brand new product that, and you have an advantage? Are you doing are you effectively getting that message out to people and really understanding that when we get to the show, the people are going to be experiencing this. This is what they're going through. There's a downturn in the economy or there's new regulations that we have to understand. How are we getting that message to really reach the the audience, the person walking past my booth? How am I going to bring them in so, to let them know, hey, I'm here for you. I understand you. And we have a solution. We want to be your partner. We have a solution that's going to meet your needs. And if you're just relying on your booth graphics and all the fun stuff that is in your booth, the, the little squishy toys that you're giving away, then you're making a big mistake. You've got to greatly understand your customer and effectively communicate to them in a, in a good way as they walk past your booth. And hopefully before they walk past your booth and after it. And um, yes. if you want something, yes. uh, 
And if you want something uh, spontaneous to happen, best to organize it, as they say. And and uh, I think it's this whole notion of uh, of the shows being important to buyers too. I think is frankly, in some ways, a bit empowering to marketers because I think sometimes this uh, trade show, um, the, the trade show pause that's happening right now, you know, marketers may feel in some ways they're just a victim of it. You know, and now what do I do? But uh, to me, I think there's some level of power in that understanding that, you know what, this is also a problem for buyers, too. And then you just talked about the, the competitive dynamic and the comparative dynamic that buyers can come to the shows. They can evaluate a lot of different contenders. They can see new and uh, new product developments, et cetera. Well, now it would seem to me that there's quite a vacuum that the people who are, have the courage to be active marketers at this time um, it would seem to me that there's going to be some some uh, active recipients on the other end because those buyers still have a job to do, don't they? They sure do. They sure do. And and if you or if you were in an industry, uh, and, a, and a lot of some manufacturing is, uh, but this, let's just say uh, you know textiles, for example, fashion. Uh, if you are a, a textile manufacturer and you you rely on uh, writing orders at the show, and now all of a sudden, you know, you you may have had a couple hundred thousand dollars in orders written at an average show, and that's gone. So what do you do? You know, what do you do? And, and it's reliant on someone coming up and, ch- and actually seeing and feeling your product uh, to place that order to say, yes, I want this in my in my retail store. I want this in my collection. I want to use this material, whatever the case might be. You've got now a challenge as to how do I effectively do that? How do I get people to actually feel my product, to see my product, to try it out? What am I going to do? And so it's going to take a lot of creativity. And just uh, what, I, what I'm seeing out there is a lot of companies are saying, hey, we're doing a virtual trade show. And maybe they put out a video that that showcases some of their their products and services and things like that, which is... Doing something is better than doing nothing, but you've got to cut through the clutter. And I know you guys, I'm sure you are, you, you know all about cutting through the clutter because we all get a million emails. And how do we get someone's attention? If, maybe if they're, they're not a customer, they've never heard of us before, we are you know, fairly new or we're a smaller player in the market. How do we cut through that and, you've, and figure out a way? How do I still get that order? How do I possibly get onto their their ordering guide so that uh they actually so i i don't lose that opportunity that i just lost when they do yeah and i do appreciate that it is a challenge to figure that out and i think that that is the uh, the task at hand for many a marketer right now but that i guess that maybe the silver lining in it is, is not everybody's going to be able to figure it out i.e. all your competitors could go to the trade show and some of them could have had a better presence than you had. But um, now the game has changed, right? And and a number of those competitors won't figure out how to get in front of those prospects. So um, while it's a huge challenge, I think the good news is, at least competitively, it may not be as crowded once you get there if you can crack that nut. You are 100% right. You're 100% right because everyone still is kind of sitting there wondering what to do next. And, and especially right now, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of companies that are short-staffed that have had to furlough employees. And so they don't have 
And, and unfortunately, as we all know, sometimes the first uh, department to go is marketing. And so you keep the engineers, you keep the production people, you keep the, the, the plant running. But the people who were your front people in planning your show and getting your your uh, social media and your direct mail and all your marketing tools out there are no longer uh, there. <laughs> They're no longer there because uh, you had to cut somewhere. So that's a, a totally unique and unique challenge for a lot of companies. But if you have the wherewithal to continue on and to reach out to your customers, yes, you will absolutely be in an advantage, but you've got to do it creatively. You've got to do it in a new way that's going to grab their attention and maybe give them that opportunity of, if you think about uh, when I'm at a show and I'm an exhibitor, I'm at a show, what do I want my customer or my prospect, the ideal prospect to leave my booth with? How do I want them to feel? What do I want them to think? And what do I actually physically want them to leave with? Now, how do I package that in a time like now and get that in front of, in front of your customer? And if you could do that, then this could be a very big win for you. I think it's one of the things that that we've been seeing, and uh, and I've I've received a number of emails uh, from lists that I'm on and things like that about this this idea of come join us in our virtual trade show booth, and it's effectively a skeuomorphic um, digital version of what they would have had in their twenty by thirty trade show booth, and. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just being cynical, but it feels to me like that's a bit lazy and that that's a bit like, oh, it, you know, it was going to be a trade show. So if we're going to uh, replace that, we need to replace it with a virtual version of the exact same thing. But I think that just doesn't take into account the very different way that people expect to interact with things these days. And I don't think that you know, creating a visual version where you can click on the screen and see a video and click on the product and see a, a 3D model, um, you know, that that's necessarily the right way to go. Am I being too critical or, or is there some value in that? You and I are on the same page. You're on the same page. Uh, I agree with you 100% that that is not the way to go. If you're going to do something, do it right. And that is not, in my opinion, doing it right. Um, is it better than doing nothing? Yes. So if that's the, if that's your best take at it and you don't have, uh, the wherewithal to call up, uh, Kula partners and to help you out with this, then, uh, <laughs> then please, uh, do it, do something. But no, I, I think you've got to give people an interactive experience. What, when we leave a show, if we're an attendee and we leave a show, we remember the the in-depth conversations that we've had the best. The ones that where I met that new company, that new vendor, and I, they have what I need. And I cannot wait to get into, back in touch with them. I can't wait for them to follow up with me because I think that could save us money or that could give us a new solution or that could give us this or that. And so if that is true, that as an attendee, that's what I remember is those really great in-depth conversations that we had about my business and the solutions that I'm looking for and their products and their services, then how do I give that to my attendee? And it's only through 
getting into an in-depth conversation in some way. You've got to crack open that door, get that person either on a Zoom call, on a phone call, something where you can effectively start that conversation. And it's it's not an easy thing to do, but that's where you've got to go. You've got to think about the attendee and what they want to, to get from it, especially now. This is such a, a unique time and their needs are going to be maybe a little bit different. Maybe it's just call, reaching out and saying, what are you struggling with right now? How can we help you get through these next few months till things open up again? Maybe it's just taking that kind of attack, but you've got to get into a conversation. You know, Jeff, I'm um, I'm reminded of our uh, conversation about factory tours, and uh, yeah, you know, where, where we talked about you know, yeah, seeing the factory is a very powerful thing, but what's also what what what's, what really happens there that's even more powerful, and very often there are a number of personal relationships that are built in the course of spending a half a day going through somebody's factory, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you've gone out to lunch, you've gone out to dinner with somebody as well, you've traveled to get there, and I remember we talked about that in the in, in in that episode but i'm thinking you know it's kind of the, it's so much so so similar to uh, to a trade show presence it's like yeah there's a lot of wrapping around this but the real important thing that endures and that actually drives um the sale is uh is probably a lot more of that of that personal connection than it is the 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 sizzle of the of the steak as it were yeah no i i couldn't i couldn't agree more with that so it's interesting to consider then replacing a trade show presence, at least in the short term, but don't think about it about how to have an online trade show, but then just how do I connect with those people in a more effective way and do it remotely? Yeah. <laughs> Which, Absolutely. Which, as as uh, Jim has said, you know, is it easier said than done. And I mean, we've seen some of the data coming out. Uh, you know, HubSpot was releasing some information about the, you know, the volume of outbound sales calls has gone up. The connect rate has gone down. Um, so, you know, how y- you need to find a way to because now everybody's going to be getting those extra touch points. I, I know I'm receiving them daily, um, you know, from from people trying to uh, to book a sales conversation with me, you know, and and it's just it's not resonating. It's 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 not, uh, you know, like if I see one more email, that says, boy, the times have sure changed. And, you know, would you like to book a sales call? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Would you like to be thrown in the spam folder? Like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so true. And 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 so again, think about your own if you're you're a manufacturer, you're listening to this and you're going, okay, what's the solution? What do I do? I've gotten some ideas from from listening today, but what do I do? And think of your yourself. Just like Jeff just said, just think of yourself. What are you getting too much of that you're starting to ignore? You know, a lot of email, a lot of stuff like that. So how do I bust through that? How do you what would you what would you respond to? Would you respond to maybe a package line landing on your desk? Maybe with some product samples and a special invitation to a Zoom call or something. I don't know what it, what it could be for your company, but you've got to do something to bust through that clutter and get their attention in a positive way. Well, of course, the uh, the package, uh, and and normally I'm I'm all in on the idea of of customized direct mail or packages and things like that. But of course, now we, you know, people aren't in the office, so they're not necessarily going to be as easily reachable. Uh, uh, doing the yeah. research, 
Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, we're we're seeing that even with account-based advertising targeting, where IP targeting, of course, isn't nearly as effective these days because nobody's in the office. Uh, but cookie-based targeting is uh, is uh, number one with a bullet. And um, so uh, I was exactly thinking that point as well, Jeff, as uh, as Jim brought that up. It's like, but then I, I don't think it takes that, that club out of the bag so much as like, well, then how do I you know, maybe I can't surprise somebody with a delivery. I have to in some way schedule one. They need to know something's coming and they need to be willing to give me their home address potentially. But that also, if something's arriving at the home versus arriving at a company destination, it maybe changes what you're able to do or how you can maybe potentially connect with that uh, person, knowing that they're experiencing what you're sending them in a more domestic uh, environment. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting idea. Well, if, if if they were if they were hoping to see you, or some or your industry, your you or your competitors in in, in an industry, then reaching out to them in you know, some way, saying, "Hey, I, I have something I need to send you. I just need to know where to go, where where to send it." You know, it, it might be as simple as a phone call, but it, again, as we have all said, it's easier said than done. Well, if there was a one-size-fits-all solution to this, um, probably uh, none of us on this podcast would be in business. So um, <laughs> uh, I guess that's the silver lining in it. <laughs> Jim, I, I thank you so much for sharing your, your insight and thoughts on the uh, uh, on this evolving uh, state of affairs with us today. It's a uh, uh, it's just it's a it's just great to have a chance to connect with you and. Uh, I wish you all the best as we navigate these uh, next several months. Well, thanks so much for having me. This has been a pleasure of mine and great talking to both of you. And yes, let's let's all get through this together and meet at a trade show down the road. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Thanks, Jim. Drink, drinks are on uh, Jeff, I say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.